welcome to Views from the Monster, the podcast formerly known as Ship City. I'm your host, Connor, and as always, I'm joined by my good pal, Aaron. We're here to talk socks, and that's about it. Just yeah, kidding. that's it. <laughs> Just kidding, because when they do nothing, the city of Boston rallies behind them, and we get some some news elsewhere. Some depressing news. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, first, boy. well, hello everyone. <laughs> yeah, first, Aaron, how you doing? I'm uh, I'm good. I'm doing well. How are How are you doing? I know you're terrible, a little under the weather. <laughs> yeah, your boy got COVID again. Um, Damn. But you know, Hers. thank you. Um, I I find that COVID really unlocks the good podcasting voice. So maybe this is a yeah. blessing in disguise. And. Now on video with our brand new, you can see we're in these little boxes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've see what got we a brand look new like. layout. Yeah. That's fun. So you fun. can see how just like gremlin-like I look whenever we record these episodes. And you can see how many beverages I have at any given time. Because I, yeah. <laughs> I got a Propel, a Franny's Cream Soda. Oh, Jesus. And tea. That co- my god. That combo is dastardly. That's hilarious. Yeah, that is that is something. <laughs> All right. Well, uh enough about that. We uh we've got a good episode uh today, so we're we got we like, have things to talk it's about. It's weird. Cause it's like we have we are looking at our list of stuff and it's like it looks like a lot, but really all it is is a lot of not. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, to wrap it up today, there was some huge New England sports news, so we'll talk mm-hmm. about that right off the bat. Um, so, so yeah, I guess to, just to get it out of the way, everyone knows, if mm-hmm. you're a New England sports fan, uh, Bill Belichick, no longer the Patriots head coach, mm-hmm. uh, amicably parted ways this morning. Um, him and Robert Kraft had a press conference at noon where they each made statements um and it's really it's an end, it's the end of an era and it's kind of kind of sad not very much so even as like a non-fan it's just it's weird to i think Kraft said it, it's gonna be weird to like not see that the cutoff hoodie on the sideline anymore mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it will yeah and you know i i'm sure that belichick will end up somewhere else i was gonna ask you um if you think that he ends up somewhere else or oh yeah he wants to get he wants to break don shula's record so he's gonna he's gonna end up somewhere Mm -hmm. whether it be chargers or falcons or you know the like there's a bevy of good jobs out there right now um and people that want to hire him you can go to the commanders go to seattle Seattle, yeah, with Pete Carroll stepping down. Yeah, this is a crazy offseason um, for head coaches. Yeah. It's it, like in the span of 24 hours, Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, and Bel- Bill. Bill Belichick are all like done with their team. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it is crazy because the Bears are keeping Matt Eberflus. <laughs> Matt Eberflus. <laughs> Yikes. Every, everyone else is like, this. you've had one bad year. And you're mm. done. And Eberflus is just chilling there like, yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> I am here, guys. I, I could talk trash um, about him. He was my former defensive coordinator. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyways, that's you know that's what happened. Patriots now have a lot of work to do. They need a new head coach. They're going to hire a GM. They got to revamp Good. their coaching staff, and they have the number three pick in the draft this year to to try and Perfect. help rebuild an offense that needs to be rebuilt badly. Um, um who who would you like to fill the role? Because I've I've seen oh, for um, a head coach. I've seen uh, Gerard Mayo being like the front runner, but also I've seen like for weeks that they've been kind of pushing back against that. Obviously, Mike Vrabel is out in Tennessee. He's got the Pats mm-hmm. ties. I think I think it ends up being Vrabel. I really do. I mean, to say that like Gerard Mayo is definitely worthy, uh, but I think it's hard to pass up. The opportunity. This is a very strange opportunity. Obviously, we haven't looked for a head coach in twenty four years. Mm-hmm. But the year that you do, you have a guy who's just been let go from his team, who was a legendary Patriots player, and has proven over his six years in the, as a head coach in the league that he's a good coach. Yeah, like he's, so. Like he's that's been a hard pain to pass in my up. side. As as a Colts fan, having to play the Titans mm-hmm. because it always feels like the games are much closer than they should be. But that's just my bias. I'm like a uh, coach to steamroll everyone. <laughs> not, not so much recently, but um, yeah, I think it's I think it's like it's interesting that like the first good head coach from like the Belichick tree is not even like. It was like a former player of his, not even yeah, like it was like Josh McDaniels has tried multiple times and died multiple times. Patri- yeah. Patricia was a train wreck. <laughs> Don't say those names. <laughs> uh, Sorry, but, um, but uh, you know, I mean, I, I think it'll be Vrabel. I think you know Mayo will get his shot eventually. Maybe it's not with the Patriots, but I still think you know defensive coordinator. It's still you know. Mm-hmm. It's still a good role for a guy like that. The league's in an interesting place where like everyone is focused so much on offense and like trying to get like the next offensive mind that there's a I feel like there's a decent chance that you can keep Mayo as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Especially with, you know, his ties as a Pats player. Yeah. And you know, obviously already being on on the staff and Mm-hmm. But anyways, this is not a Patriots podcast. <laughs> it's not our a, fault that they did the most interesting thing this past week. Of the week? Yeah, this <laughs> is a Red Sox podcast. Um, so, uh, we've got some quick hits first. And I'm looking down our list and I noticed something um, that we don't have on here that we should have on here. Uh, I think I'm just going to drop it into the quick hits like right off the bat. Go for it. Um, Winter weekend, Red Sox, no oh, more town yeah. hall. Oh yeah, I completely. F- <laughs> so that broke what yesterday that yeah the Red Sox uh, winter weekend is I guess in nine days now the twentieth I think mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in Springfield, home of uh, Western New England Golden Bears, Gold Bears, Go um, Golden Bears, woo. Um, and last year. There, it was a dumpster fire of a town hall, which is where, oh, yeah. like, it was an inter- fan interactive event where they got to the chance to at least come face to face with ownership, um, mm-hmm. and they got booed to oblivion. Yeah, they got toasted out of the building, and they did themselves no favors too with John Henry 
not really even answering if he cares and about the Red Sox and like checking his watch and famously saying it's expensive that, to own baseball yeah, players. <laughs> it's, it's expensive to to get baseball players. Uh, it's like said the, says the uh, MLB owner. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so they switched it out. They're going to do like a talk show type uh, event with Jonathan Papelbon, which mm. Pap is always interesting. Uh, except now I have beef with uh, Papelbon because I forget what show he was on, but he started just shit talking JD Drew. Uh, oh, God. I fucking love JD Drew. Every t- every <laughs> every the, in all my handles, all my passwords, I have the number seven. I always wore the number seven in any sport because of JD Drew. That's why that's I can't wild. tell you. That's wild. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Uh, I love that man, and I will so. not accept any slander on his behalf. So, um, but do you uh, have you given it any consideration of whether you want to go to Winter Weekend? Uh, I know we've talked about it. Um, I don't want to go. Yeah, because because it's, like, it's ninety five dollars a ticket. Really, is ninety five dollars? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's tough because like, yeah, it'd be cool to like, cause they're doing, they're really pushing the rookies, uh, like mm-hmm. not the rookies, but like the prospects. So like Marcelo Meyer, Teal, yeah. uh, Roman Anthony are all going to be there and they're going to like, they're going to talk, uh, which is cool, but it's like, okay, well, Rafi's not going to be there. Like a bunch of guys aren't going to be Masa's there. Masa's not going to be there. Masa, and we'll get to him in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. he won't be there. And it's kind of like, I get it. Like, it's fun to see these guys like in a more relaxed setting, but it's not, it's not, it just doesn't hit. And mm-hmm. like, I haven't gone to one of these before. And once they moved it to Springfield, it became like 10 times more, uh, it, it became so much easier for me to go living in, uh, Connecticut, but yeah, it's it's not worth it. Yeah, no, no, uh, and especially at those ticket prices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, it might be expensive to own baseball players, but Fenway Sports Group does not mess around with ticket prices. No, <laughs> not at no. all. Um, but anyways, let's uh, let's roll down these other quick hits. Uh, so, uh, Heim Bloom lands with the Cardinals in mm-hmm. a, an advisory role. Thoughts there. Uh, that's perfect for him. Uh, he's obvious. I think he's a very bright mind, but it was clear like he was just out of his element here in in Boston, having to mm-hmm. be like the main decision maker. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I forget the guy's name. I think it's like Pete Mazaliak or something. Uh, yep. He's yeah, he's the GM or president of baseball ops there. I thought I saw somewhere that he was like considering stepping down in a couple years anyway. So it might be like they're kind of grooming him to be like the next guy up and at that point he'll have at, at least his experience here and then in their front office so maybe he'll be a bit better suited but that's also like the perfect place for him to go like a mid-market team that needs to really vamp up their farm system is like his mm-hmm. bread and butter yep so I'm, um, and then oh go ahead i was just gonna say i'm happy for him uh I I wasn't like a bloom truther, but I think 
I was I was upset that he got fired and like how he got fired, and I'm happy he's on yeah. his feet. Yep. And then uh, just to update um, on the Red Sox front office, um, mm-hmm. Paul Taboni, yeah, who has most recently served as Boston's VP of Amateur Scouting and Player Development, has been promoted to Senior Vice President slash Assistant General Manager. Yeah, good which for kind of cool. Good for him too. I know so. he, he interviewed for the the pobo position um i think it's just a little he's still too like raw in the game but Mm -hmm. if you if like once he stepped in to like that position of vp of like the uh player development it like the farm system really like took off and like we like to thank him for like uh fixing the farm system but taboni's the one who's like running those draft rooms so he plays a major role there. So it's good for him. Hopefully that means that it's a bit harder for another team to poach him, but we'll yep. see. Glad he's And he's only 33, so Exactly. He's he's young. Hopefully he can stay there for a while. Mm-hmm. Our front office is full of guys who guys and gals who have been there for like 20 plus years, so hopefully he's like he could be one of them too. Mhm. That'd be cool. Um all right. Um Marcelo Meyer Gets the all clear heading into the rookie development program next week. Yeah, so uh, so he's he's back healthy. Yeah, he uh, a lot of people like to talk about. Um, he was hurt. Uh, I think like late May he hurt his shoulder like trying to get a triple, and the drop off in his stats was like very apparent. Um, and they had said like after the season ended. They uh, have, like, an update on him around Thanksgiving, but that never came. But it's good to hear that he is fully healthy, ready to go. Um, I th- Yeah. I think it's it's having him healthy for a full year is going to be massive, maybe for the major league team, but also maybe in trade talks. Who knows? But st- oh, he's yeah. still, like, no, a, I mean- a top prospect in all of, ga- all of the game. Yeah, I mean, look, he's your it, it he's top 3 prospect for the Sox. Mm-hmm. Um even if he's a guy that's involved in a trade, having him healthy just even makes the trade value even higher. If you don't trade him, I mean, this is a guy that we like I've been high on and you know, all of Me I too. think all of baseball has been high on this kid for like two, two what, 2 3 years now. Well, he was like the top he was a top player in that draft that year, and yeah. ever since then, he's always been in like the top fifteen, top twenty of all prospects. So it's like, you know, when you have a guy like that, you know, there's you're under a microscope. So it's nice to see that he's healthy, and hopefully, you know, we'll get back on on the field and produce, and you know, mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah, I mean, given everything that they've done and not done this off season, it. If he's here, maybe he gets some time up this year if if all goes mm. well. And then you have like yeah. a you have a very interesting conversation to have, but you'd rather have it like we have three good players up the middle in Meyer Story and Grissom. What can we do here instead of well, Marcelo didn't really get right and Grissom hasn't really adapted to second and Story's bad is not working, so like we're kinda fucked here. Yeah. Um, speaking of Trevor Story, 
the Trevor Story camp has started, mm-hmm. and hit, uh, Story has brought Tristan Casas, Von Grissom, Nick York, and is is da- David Hamilton right? David Hamilton, yep. David Hamilton, all mm-hmm. uh, to, they've brought them together to start getting some work in, you know, uh, training, which I love to see. I love that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love that. Yeah, and I saw too that uh, they posted a video of them playing knockout all together, which uh, mm-hmm. Cassis won, beating Nick York in the final round. But it's just it's nice to see like the guys look like they're having fun together. Uh, I'm really happy that Story is the one who's stepping up in like putting this on so that he can uh, get to know these guys better, try to get them all on like his plan. Cause he's you know he's been playing for a while. These guys are all yeah, obviously and, young. And he's he's good at what he does. You know he's exactly. an excellent defender, and you know was always a, a plus hitter at the very least. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he's had even though he's had a couple injuries. You know, you still see a guy like that as you know excellent defender, good speed, and a plus mm-hmm. hitter. I yeah. mean, what and a good dude, like a good mm-hmm. locker room guy. What better way to to really show your leadership than to hold a camp like that? Especially yeah. when the the guy that the longest tenured player uh, on the Sox right now is Devers Raffy. <laughs> from yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like someone's got to step up. Yeah, and I'm glad we've been high on him having like a full healthy off season. And oh, yeah. I I would I just want him. He he needs a good season here. And I truly hope it happens, obviously. I agree. I agree. Um, All right, and last thing on the quick hits. um, Just today being Thursday the 11th, uh, Red Sox come to agreements with all of their arbitration-eligible players, all four of them, to Mm -hmm. avoid arbitration. So uh, just run down real quick. Nick Pavetta, $7.5 million for this year. Tyler O'Neill, $5.85 million. Reese McGuire, $1.5 million, and John Schreiber, $1.175 million. So, I mean, it's pretty standard. A couple deals were a bit above what they were expected to get. Mm-hmm. Some were a bit below. But, you know, overall, I mean, you're not grossly overpaying for anyone. I mean, O'Neill worth it. Nick mm-hmm. Pavetta, worth it. Schreiber for $1.175, worth it. Mm-hmm. Reese, Back, you know, a backup catcher backup. for one point five. Yeah, Who, I mean, look, you know, <laughs> I think one of the most underrated things about him, is, like Brian Bale, loves him. Yeah, like loves throwing to him. I feel like you know we obviously get all the like the if you're if you're not familiar with Reese McGuire, give him a quick Google search. Um, yeah, <laughs> you but, might not want to, but. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot. We we like to make jokes about it, but he seems like a good dude. And mm-hmm. if if like the pitching staff really likes him, all, that's pretty much all you need from like a veteran uh, backstop. When you have like Connor Wong is still very young at the position, and obviously right. you have Kyle Teal coming up soon. Yep, and you and you saw what it was like when you when McGuire was out, and we just were operating on Wong like. Wong was doing great, and I'm not knocking him at all because he was playing great, but, like, every day having to be the catcher and, and you know, you're working your lot. ass off every, like, at least five days a week in-game 
like that, mm-hmm. that's a lot to put on one dude. So having a, a reliable catcher backup for cheap like that, hey, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then uh, something that has just stood out to me with like the Red Sox very rarely like have to go into like arbitration, like have to negotiate with these guys, uh, get the mediator mm-hmm. involved. Like they they avoid arbitration all the time and yeah you see it with like the brewers for example uh they were fighting with corbin burns over like like 500k or something like that you can mm-hmm. see like the damage it does to players when you're like fighting over like what's essentially pennies for like these owners um yeah right and i forget who did it but there's like there was a player or a former player who went into arbitration and like broke down like the experience and basically it's like the team is trying to convince someone why you're not worth the money you think you are yeah um and that's just that just sounds that's demoralizing (laughs) yeah Yeah. i think i think it was a reliever and they're like oh well look we don't we can't put him into safe situations because he can't handle it it's like well thanks guys (laughs) yeah thanks for believing in me asshole yeah, it, it's so funny that you go from that, like, oh, they don't believe in you, to once you, like, get your number, it's like, all right, man, eighth inning, have at it, that's yours. And you're yeah. like, well, what the fuck? You just told me you don't believe in me. Yeah, no. Nope. So, yeah, good for them for having to avoid that, you know, keep the players happy. Mm-hmm. So, we're good. Now, on to, uh, before we get to the major news, actually, we got to do a little... Baseball trivia. Yes, we got to continue do. the baseball trivia, and I've got two more questions for you from the. Uh, if you weren't around for the first, um, the first episode of Views from the Monster, I pulled some questions from Saber, the Society of uh, for American Baseball Research. Their fifty at fifty baseball trivia that they do uh, as part of its annual convention every year since at least nineteen eighty two. Um. So I've got the 50 questions here. I'm asking you two per episode, so we're going to go through. Number three, who are the only players to win A, a league MVP, uh, B, a World Series MVP, and C, an All-Star Game MVP? So who's the only two players to win all three of those awards? Hmm. 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 I'm I'm not good with history. Um... Are there is there anyone active? I can't imagine. No. There is. Yeah, I was just gonna no. say. Um, it's probably a Yankee, just because they were there so many times. But then again, like old baseball, like I don't even know if they had an All Star game back then. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, like Mantle, Lou, Garrick. No, no, is it, it is. So the parallels here on this question. Are on the answer to this question are crazy because they are both Baltimore Orioles players, both who played in the mid to late 60s and early 70s. Ah, uh, yeah, my and bread both and both with the same last name. It was Brooks Robinson and Frank Robinson. Oh, okay. So I, I, I would never have guessed that, but those are names at least I've heard. Yeah. So Brooks Robinson won the 1964 AL MVP, 1970 RIP. World Series MVP. He just passed away. Oh, so sad. And the 1966 All-Star Game MVP. 
Frank won the 1966 AL MVP, the 1966 World Series MVP, and the 1971 All-Star Game MVP. So, kind of crazy that it's only happened twice, and mm-hmm. it was by players with the same last name, on the same team, in the same stretch of time. <laughs> Interesting. Sorry, I was um, just going down a rabbit hole because it needs to get some things pulled up. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, so question number four. This one you're definitely not going to get. Uh, which pitcher, Ask away. Yeah, which pitcher started the All-Star game and then played only one MLB game the rest of his career? No clue. This would be the Astros pitcher J.R. Richard in 1980. Mm. That's another started name the I All Star game. Yep, he started the All Star game in 1980. Played one more game and then had a career ending stroke. Oh, I know that. So very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, damn it, Aaron. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, um, all right, so zero for two. So your official count is one for four. We need so to far. We bring back the cards. Like the, 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 <laughs> the cards were easy. The cards were easy. The the site is for like the real nerds. Like yeah, the real nerds. I'm not. I'm not wondering. Right. Yeah, well, fair enough. I'm expanding your and the audience knowledge. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you want to learn, or not even learn, but if you want to get familiar with a bunch of names, get MLB the Show. Like, mm. on, honest to God, like I've I've known baseball for a while, but ever since I started playing the show like two years ago, like I I feel like I just know so many more players and. Mm. Uh, playing like immaculate grid is just so much easier because like it's like oh, yeah I guess uh I guess Eddie Murray someone who I've never heard of before getting the show it's like oh famous Oriole and Dodger, <laughs> um but, but now I love Eddie Murray. Right. Yeah, well there you go. <laughs> uh, the show is bringing people together. Uh, all right, let's talk about the the major uh major news from this week for the Red Sox, aka. Yeah. The things that they didn't do. <laughs> the things they missed out on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor, so run us down. I'm I'm just going to lump them together. Uh, so, Teoscar Hernandez was someone who was heavily linked to the, the Red Sox. You know, from he was literally like following Red Sox pages and liking their tweets and fan edits. Uh, ended up going to the Dodgers. Um, of course. Good for them. Uh, Dodgers, you know, they really needed to add a little... Little some to their uh, their team, they were getting a little stale. Um, and then the other day, uh, they missed out on Shota Imanaga, the lefty pitcher uh, who went to the Cubs uh, for about four. For, it was four years, and it's a weird contract. It's fifty three mil guaranteed, but there's options. Mm-hmm. It could reach eighty mil, but. Like there's just varying team options yeah, and player options. It's very options. complicated contract. All you need to know is he's not here. Apparently, mm-hmm. apparently he was. This is how bad that uh, how bad like baseball reporting has been this uh, off season. He was living in Chicago ever since Christmas, and like we are just now finding out that he. I had, <laughs> about I that. had no idea. I'm learning um, about that for the first time now. <laughs> yeah. Uh Again, it doesn't surprise me uh, after Morosi saying like, "Oh, Otani's on this plane going this 
going to Toronto. Keep an eye mm-hmm. out. And then it's like, oh, actually, no. Otani's been sitting on his couch the entire day. Yeah, um, it's been a weird. I mean, and even just between oh. like between people of the same like reporting, like some people are saying that the Red Sox are final, like legit finalists and in the running. Some people are saying that they're like dark horse lurkers that they mm-hmm. probably won't do any. It's like no one can agree on where anything stands. Yeah, and I would say like yeah, Pass is definitely still the guy to follow. Oh yeah, and then I was gonna say Ken Rosenthal has always been like, you know, he's always been like steady Eddie. Uh, but did you see his story today, by any chance? I it might was, have. What what was it? Based the the uh, the headline that caught everyone's attention is like teams should be wary of giving. Young players extension after what happened to Wander Franco. Oh yes, I did yeah. see that. I was like, "What? Wait a second, Ken. Big dog. <laughs> Wrong lesson to be taken away from that." <laughs> no. And so then. the thing to take away from the Wander Franco situation is that you don't give dudes who contracts. Were young <laughs> don't give contracts. Them a- <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I think because I, I ended up reading through it and like the the the. Uh, the gist of it was like teams have to do a better job of like scouting the morale of players, and it's like, yes. well, th- yeah, no shit. Like, do you think teams are just like, hey man, do you like teenage girls? Yes or no? <laughs> Tell <laughs> us honestly, our, uh, please. This is on our our scouting questionnaire. <laughs> <laughs> First question: Are you allowed and within a hundred feet of a high of school? <laughs> I gotta get this out of the way. I know it's just formality. I gotta ask: Are you into diddling kids? Listen, no, it's on the sheet. Okay. I gotta ask. <laughs> I like, got it. Ken, it's the, it's what? look. You can see it's right there. And you got. Come on, man. But, and, and then the the crazy part too was like uh, Rosenthal was like, yeah, like look at what happened with Fernando Tatis Jr. Like he signed his big deal. It's like Ken. These are two completely separate situations. Like. I think his point was like, yeah, these guys are immature. And it's like, yes, driving, like trying to do tricks on a motorcycle, that's immature. Having, allegedly having relations with relations a, with, with a minor, minors. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's not that's, immaturity. That's, that's a, a felony. Beyond immature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I mean, not to take away because like, completely said, forgot the story, what the topic was. The story. Well, the story itself has the right. It's just that headline choice, not it, not 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 it on the headline choice. Yeah, but it's just like sometimes, like you get like the the flashy headline just to get mm-hmm. people to click, and then the the, the story is like, okay, this is a more rational take. But here it was just like, oh no, the story is dumb too. <laughs> weird, uh, so. weird miss from Rosenthal on that one, but. Yeah, no disrespect <laughs> at all. So Shota Imanaga, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So they missed out on both of them. Uh, Teoscar signs for one and twenty three and a half mil with like eight mil deferred on a on a one year deal. I don't know why that's allowed, but it is. Um, <sighs> when they negotiate no. a new uh, CBA, we we might not have a season. Like, there's no way oh, that's good. That they're not gonna allow, uh, like these types of deferrals anymore. No way. And I thought I saw like a lawmaker in California was like, 
they're saying like they have to investigate the Shohei contract because like uh, of the deferments and how he's only going to be making like two mil for income tax purposes, and then once he's getting sixty eight yeah. mil, like he doesn't have he to be in California. He can he can go back yeah. to Japan and not have mm-hmm. to pay California tax on that. Um, but yeah, but, <laughs> to get back to the points. Jeez, I wish I could do that in my like my work contract. Be like, look, I'll take reduced pay. You, know, you can pay me a little bit now, but like in five years, I want a hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. for, for all that back pay. I wish I could do that, but I can't. So. If you were as good as Shohei Otani, maybe you could. Have. <laughs> I they call me the Shohei of marketing. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the Shohei of analytics. But only only in the wine and spirits industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's like sometimes you get in that zone. And you're like, holy shit, this is amazing! And oh, you're like, I'm the Shohei. <laughs> I'm the no, Shohei of this. Literally, we've just gone on a complete tangent. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so part gone. of my job is like I have to enter in sales programs, and like I'll have I used to have like a bunch. Now I've kind of focused on one side of the company a bit. Um, when I was doing them for like the bigger side, I would crank out like 20 in like 30 minutes. And I was like, this is like, this, this must surf- be what winning the world series is like. <laughs> this surface is not prepared for me. Like, I feel like bonds on the juice <laughs> right now. <laughs> and, and these computers are just lobbing me like 92 mile per hour fastballs. And I'm just cranking them out. Um, Jesus. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Um. So the Sox. They so lesson a- learned. We are the Shohei of our we, industries. Our respective industries. We are the Shohei and Barry Bonds. There you go. Um, the way you know the way I be down in caffeine. It might as well be fucking steroids. <laughs> Performance enhancing to the max. There you go. Uh, um, anyways. Anywho. So. I'm gonna start with Teoscar because that that news broke first. They apparently they offered like two for twenty eight and just refused to budge off of that. Mm. Um, it it that's low. That's, it's that's low. low. Uh, I for and I've I've seen recently they say like they don't want to commit anything more than two years to an outfielder, which makes sense because they do have like a bunch of young guys like coming up and mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to have like like Teoscar or Jorge Soler on a two-year deal than have like them on a five-year deal and try to make yeah. space for them um but Teoscar would have been a great fit they I know they they need pitching first and foremost uh they really need like that a right-handed power bat in between Devers and Casas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Teoscar would have been a good fit because he can play passable defense out and left, or maybe they put him in right. I don't, I don't really care. Um, well, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it doesn't matter because <laughs> he's going to be cranking dingers in L.A. Um, along with the rest of the uh, the monsters over there. Yeah, dude, he's going to be like hitting like seventh. <laughs> it's just like oh just when you just when you thought you got out of like the woods with them, it's like oh well, here's Teoscar and he's he can hit thirty home runs a year. Um, yeah, 
It's like everyone who goes and plays this, like, why am I playing the All Star game? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like. You're, like, you're you just like, look at the bullpen and you see every like, NL All Star there. <laughs> it's like the you're like the Rockies and it's just like God damn, especially it's playing like in Coors the, Fields. <laughs> it's just like seven the, straight home runs before you even have a like, chance to breathe. You're standing on the on deck circle and you see that uh, that Shohei's getting taken out of the game. And you're like, thank God, and then you see out out of the bullpen. Here comes <laughs> Bruce Dargratter <laughs> yeah, pumping ninety nine uh, uh, sinkers. Yeah, he's got a, a .5 ERA on the season. Well, yeah, fucking Ryan Brazier reinvented <laughs> yeah, himself he, now. He's got like a sub one ERA. Yeah, Here he like, comes. <laughs> like great, now I'm, I'm I'm screwed now. I'm screwed. It's yeah, basically. it's like God damn, give me a break. Um, yep, but yeah. I don't know, man. I, Here it, comes Larry from the stands, and he's got a 1.3 ERA for the Dodgers this season. The score is 24-2-3. <laughs> uh, the Dodgers are ma- <laughs> they brought out a Make-A-Wish kid to throw the eighth inning. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that 99 <laughs> with run? Where do they find these people? They, oh they, my god! They literally—they just made a trade today with the Cubs, and they—they're getting yeah, back I like they're getting back like this filthy left-hander from like the Cubs took like a year ago. Dude's mm-hmm. gonna be like an ace on top of having uh, Glass now for another like four years. Otani will be back to pitching. Bueller. Yamamoto, yeah, <laughs> Yamamoto. Uh, yeah, oh, God, that just sounds like that. Oh, oh. and it's like every, like they gave up their top prospect in that trade. But it's like the, the Dodgers front office sitting there like, well, we got this kid that might be really good in three years. But our team is stacked now. Yeah. So we don't care. Well, that's why and I have it a bit later down in the um, in the in our run sheet. But um, so they're still shopping Kenley. And it mm-hmm. sounds like, I think it was Macature had it that um, the Dodgers have and the Red Sox have been in like recent. They've had recent discussions about a Kenley trade. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping I we could see like a trade send Kenley back to LA and get one of those prospects who they're like, like we like them, but like we have no place to put them. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it too before we started recording. So Kenley's making like it's it's one for sixteen. I honestly would be if like the Red Sox were like, "Hey, we'll give you Kenley for free, but we're taking like Emmett Sheehan. Like he's like one of their top pitching guys. Uh, he's not a prospect anymore, but like super mm-hmm. young, very controllable. It's like." I would do that in a heartbeat. Like I don't care that it's a sixteen mil hit. If you could buy a, like a like a young stud for free, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Problem is, are the Red Sox gonna even nah. want to take a sixteen mil hit? Absolutely. Well, not. they took a seventeen the, the, mil cap hit for Chris Sale. Yeah, well, I mean, it, there's, but like they're unwilling to. They, they were unwilling to spend fourteen million dollars this year. To get Teoscar heard, like over they were, they, that was their limit. So we're gonna, mm. we're only gonna give you fourteen million a year. 
So yeah. I seeing them go then and be like, okay, so we're gonna pay sixteen mil to get rid of this guy is like that would be the, this the biggest slap in the face I've ever seen. Well, but the thing is, you're paying sixteen mil to get like someone's like young controllable arm who probably could be like a three like a two or a three for you like because if you think think about it like you're signing them to a free agent contract like you're not going to get them for one year 16 mil on the open market yeah okay but if you can do that you do make a fair point because the name i saw a lot was like michael grove um i think he's like 27 so he's he's like cutter crawford and tenor house age um Mm -hmm. He's got a good like underlying stats. Uh, I think he got hit uh, pretty hard though. But that's like someone who, if you were like, "Hey, we'll eat like half of this, but we want him back," I think the Dodgers would do it. Yeah, like they're they're. I think their payroll is over three hundred mil at this point. What's another eight? They cleared up another forty man spot. So like, why not? Why not take Kenley? Yeah. Um, and we're kind of all over the place, um, but we are kind of all over the place. <laughs> Everyone's kind of been talking like, oh, last year the Red Sox had like a, they set the limit at 225 mil for the year, not going over. And people are like, mm-hmm. oh, well, do they have that this year? Or it, it honestly got feels like they're. They want to be closer to like two hundred mil at this point. Like I think their number is like two oh one, but actually maybe that's different now that they just got all the ARB numbers in. But yeah. um, the point is, I don't think they're coming close to the taxes at two thirty seven. I don't, I don't think they're coming close to two twenty five. No. Like. Everything. Everyone's been reporting like, oh, they they really haven't, like they checked in on Montgomery, but they're not really in on there, not really in on Blake Snell. Like I don't even think they've given him a call. At least it's never, yeah. it hasn't been reported. It's like, who's the guy that was that really wanted to come to the Red Sox though? He was like, yeah, I'm real interested in the Sox. It was problematic pitcher. Oh, Mike Clevenger. Yes, that there we go. That's the yeah, I couldn't pull. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. Clevenger wants to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, thank you. Please, God, don't let that happen. If yeah. if you want, listen. I don't care what your numbers are. Look him up and see what he is accused of doing. No, don't, don't want him. Don't do it. I I'd I, rather take Trevor Bauer. Well, no, I don't want him. I, I was gonna say I'd rather have a very bad team than a team that's good with people that just like are impossible to root for. Yeah, I mean, look, I I can't root for for Clevenger for sure. The mm-hmm. Bauer situation has been very weird because, you know, through the legal process, things were cleared up a lot. Still mm-hmm. a very weird dude that has a very strange. Oh, he's attitude. still a dickhead. Like, there's a like everyone hates. Him but in at the least league. he's not. He, I mean, he's into some weird shit, but he's not a scumbag. Yeah, I you can, know what I mean. I'll give him credit. For, or I mean. I, I can't even say like he's not uh, a woman abuser, but 
I mean, he's it's yeah. It's anyway. You can look up that whole situation too. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you have to you have to convince yourself of like, oh well, I I believe this, but no, I think like honestly, if if they don't get like Montgomery or Snell, like who's the next best free agent pitcher? Is it like I don't know? Is it like Michael Lorenzen? Literally. The person I have on my screen right now is Michael Lorenzen, and I'm like, is that really like like is Sonny Gray? Did Sonny Gray go anywhere? Yeah, yeah he's he in uh, St. Louis. He was like one of the first people to ah! sign. Yeah, that's right. I remember. So um, Snell. Let's see. Josh Hader's a reliever. No, Marcus Stroman. He might be. He's probably who, going to the Yankees at this he, point. And, which is another and, conflicting report thing this year. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, from going from like yeah, the Yankees are not interested in him at all to actually they're having they're having discussions and it's like oh actually they're the front runners to get him. Um, just yeah. So he let's say he's going to New York. Um, it, it's like Lorenzen, Hinjin, Ryu. Like Woodruff is literally isn't, you got Paxton, you've got Clayton. And Paxton Kershaw. doesn't. Paxton doesn't. Sound, it doesn't sound like he's coming back. Kershaw's only no. going to be in L.A. or Texas. It's like yeah, it, like literally, there's no one. It, it's it's what's so then you have to trade for someone exactly. You're you're and everyone knows you need to trade for them. And Jim Bowden, he's not like the most consistent. Uh, former GM, but he's not like the most consistent reporter. Um, but he had in an article with the uh the Athletic that um they've checked in, they've called like the Brewers about Corbin Burns, and they've called the White Sox about Dylan Cease, and those talks went nowhere. And then they mm-hmm. talked, they called up Miami about Jesus Lazardo, and I guess like the Marlins are getting cold feet about that. So it's like you're I. You're not getting a uh, frontline starter this year. Oh uh, no, you're not, and and it's it's crazy to me that like uh, the, uh, I don't know. It's just this whole thing is just this it, whole offseason has been wild. I wish, and if they had said because it, it would make complete sense if they were like, "Hey, Craig's a new guy. We're gonna like." We're gonna let him build up like the his framework to get his like his vision of the Red Sox going. It's not gonna mm-hmm. take a year. Like, don't expect us to be like a World Series contender or even like a um, a playoff contender this year. But we're gonna get like the pieces in motion. Like, and they have like they've gotten like their pitching lab is like up and running. Uh, Lucas Giolito was on the name redacted podcast and he was talking about how even before he signed in Boston like Andrew Bailey was already sending him videos on how he could fix his mechanics so it's like they already have like they have a good infrastructure like set already and it's just like mm-hmm. it's going to take time to get the pieces that they needed to have like the sustained winner i hate that they told him and like uh, like ownership told him and told Sam Kennedy to say like, Oh, there's no financial restrictions this year. Like we're going to be full throttle. Like don't Obviously fucking lie to right. us. Yeah. Right. Just like don't I, even you've proven this entire off season that like it's same old song and dance with the, with the, the front office. 
I think it was, uh, I want to say it was in the Jen McCaffrey piece that she wrote for The Athletic, but it was basically like they think, or the, the thought process is like Henry wants them to build a winner around 225 mil. And that's like, that's going to be like the, their number going forward. Like at this park at, or at this uh, ballpark of a, a price tag, like we think we can build a contender. And it's like, okay, well, if you're going to start hamstringing yourself now, like what, like, why would you just, why wouldn't you just say like, this is going to be a process. I know it sucks. Like we finished last place three of the last four years, but like we just hired this young guy with no GM experience. Like it's, it's going to take a year or two before like the pieces start coming together. Yeah, <clears throat> and like people don't problem, understand. The, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say like the problem is like you can say that you can you know even even if the situation came about where they were like ready to say that you're gonna take shit for it. Obviously, you finished mm-hmm. last last three or, la- three of the last four years. You finished in last place in the division. So if you say yeah, it's gonna be a process, whatever. It, yeah, you're gonna take shit. But it's shit that you gotta own, mm-hmm. and you gotta stand up like a man and get in front of the the fans and the reporters and say, "Look, this is this is the path of the team." Go-. Instead of you know hiding behind you know your office and saying, "Yeah, full we you know not even saying it really having a representative say we're good yeah, to go they, full throttle, no it. restrictions." You know, we're we're good to go, and then being like, "Boss is about winning championships." Like that that's <laughs> our end goal, and it's like. You say that, and it's just like, it's fine to say, like, yeah, we're not ready yet. It, like we were saying with Wick la- uh, last episode, how he was like, yeah, when this team's, like, ready to contend for a title, I will blow past the tax. Yeah, we'll but spend But until the then, yeah, until then, like, I'm not going to pay the tax for a team that's getting bounced, like, early. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's and, just, and it's, it, it's funny. I like, I like the way that... that you know, if you listen to the Fenway Rundown podcast, in their mm-hmm. intro, uh, Catillo yeah. is like a quote from Catillo, and I love the way he puts it. And it's like, if the people want, if if the if ownership wants people to start taking them seriously, then they need to talk. Like they mm-hmm. need to go out there, and John Henry needs to sit down and say, "Look, this is the direction of the team. I am not willing to spend." more than this on a product that's not going to win until we build a winning team you know mm-hmm. this is a, but if you don't do that then every year it's exactly. just okay well is this the year and then they go out and they, they say you know, they like, offer oh, Oscar Hernandez two for 28 and <laughs> yeah they're like insultingly low on like every other free agent um yeah but it's just like as a fan like I would rather them just rip the band-aid off and say like don't expect like all these marquee moves and i i think like if they had gotten if they were more serious in the yamamoto conversation i think this all changes because i think like if they somehow ended up with him i think then it's like yeah now we're gonna it's gonna be a bit more aggressive but once they missed out it's like listen this this free agent crop uh crop is not worth like montgomery is good pitcher but like he's not an ace and i'm are we going to give him 30 mil probably not 
I would, it's just so much better to, for them to just say like, we don't expect the big moves right now. We're not in a place where we think we're going to put out like a world series contender. Then them but say like, building. yeah, yeah, we're building Then them saying no full throttle, like no restrictions. We're going and then, for it. No. Yeah. We're going for it this year. And new GM let's go. And then it comes out. Red like, Sox country. Agent, let's ride. <laughs> yeah. And then it comes out that agents are like, why are they like, why are they acting like a small market team? Like, why are you telling us that you have to cut payroll when you are thirty million underneath the luxury tax before you can even offer us a contract? Like, what the fuck is going on with that? Yeah. Um. But um, I don't know. Hmm. Enough of that because we gotta we gotta go into the kind of. I think what's really the biggest piece of news from this week. Yeah. Aside from who they missed out on. <laughs> Um, that's um that's the athletic Hor- um oh. no i was talking uh solaire okay yeah solaire power um so right after they missed out on teoscar hernandez um solaire <laughs> power uh nice. <laughs> hector gomez was like okay red sox they're pivoting to jorge solaire and they're considered the front runners and that was what at the start of the week and we've heard nothing Nothing. Whenever like they, I hear or I see a report like, okay, Red Sox are favorite, and then like a day goes by and nothing happens. It's like, okay, that's not happening now. Yeah, like, no, it's done. Um, which sucks because I get it. Solaire is more of a DH than like an outfielder at this point. I don't Who care. Cares? I yeah, don't care. Who cares? It's like, are you, you really that sold after one year of Yoshida? in left that you're like we can't we can't do it we can't play him in the outfield anymore he's like Like there's he's got no chance i really i don't i don't know what it is i think people like because watching the games he never like stands out as like a bad defender like i think his limiting thing is his range and like his arm strength isn't great but like balls aren't like going through his legs they're not um he's not making like a ton of errors or you know yeah and i think well he had some work to 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 like well one playing with the monster is like a whole different beast because you you will never have any ball off the well any ball off the monster is like it's like playing a totally different game well and the thing is with like outs above average and defensive run saved they don't take into account like the monster so if a ball hits off the monster like uh, like ten feet up, those stats counted as like a, a catchable ball, so that's that marks you down like uh, one out above average because it's like oh you, well you could have caught that. So yeah. like if you're looking just at the stats, I think you're getting a complete misrepresentation of how how he is as a defender. And I'm not saying he's yeah. good. I'm saying he's not like he's not like someone where you're like get him out. He needs to DH. Yeah. Like, right. You can live with him like playing the outfield like four out of every like seven days if they have like a, mm-hmm. a full seven weeks or seven day a week game schedule. Um, yeah, I mean it's really it's just the it's the advanced method, metric truthers that look solely at OAA and you know all those stats of like this is exactly how. Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. did I say OAA? I went OOA. 
No, Outs- you oh, said no, outs oh, above average was right. No, it's just so funny because it's it's so weird for you to say the acronym instead of just the name. It just it just has ah, no I was just trying to, to say it quick. <laughs> I yeah. know what it is. But. <laughs> yeah. Um but to Solaire, it's like listen, you're going to have like the fans are so fucking pissed at you. Like there, they've been. There's so many like individual talks of like boycotting, like not even going to the stadium mm-hmm. anymore. You know what would get people into the stadium, even if it's a bad team, having a dude just mashing dingers, like yeah, we could hit thirty bombs and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I and I feel like the Sox have always just been better when they have a DH, like the rotating DH, the rotating closer, which I know Bailey said that he'd be fine doing, but I don't I don't think he meant it how people are interpreting it. Um mm-hmm. I just feel like it's 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 a waste cuz that's the thing that people talk about with uh Yoshida as well when he's a DH it's like, "Oh, well there's no power." And it's like what do you want out of the DH? Do you want the versatility to play like in the field or do you want someone who can just bash? Because mm-hmm. chance, there's like very very few people who can do both, so you kind of have to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, Solaire would be perfect in the three hole. Um, but if they're if they want to get like a pure DH, I don't know why you just don't call Turner back and offer him a deal. Like he's yeah, I don't know. Loves Boston, still in the city. Just do it. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think what's going to end up happening, and I, I forget who I saw say it online, but it makes sense to me, is that the Sox are going to be basically strong-armed into making a crazy deal. Yeah. Because the longer they go without making a deal, the worse it's going to get for them. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like um, all these, all those teams, like the Brewers, the the Mariners, the Marlins – the White Sox, they know, like they they see that your rotation is missing that top arm, and they know that they got them, and they mm-hmm. can see the reports that like you're not in on Montgomery or Snell, so they could be like, yeah, we want Marcelo and Teal, we want Roman Anthony and Teal, like, and to because- me, I, I and we talked about this too, like. Teal is the one guy, the one prospect who I think is just purely untouchable. Like mm-hmm. if it's it's a non-starter, but you're going to force yourself into a situation where you know, you've now gone you know, almost every top free agent aside from Montgomery Snell who obviously Boris clients are never going to sign until the end of the offseason anyways. Mm-hmm. Um but like all of the other free agents are gone. Basically, mm-hmm. we just looked at starting pitching free agency, and it's like Stroman and Pennies. Is it like left. so? Ed Hand he does like a, a like his big list of top free agents available. Outside of the guys we talked, like Snell, Montgomery, Kershaw, who's only going to go to like L.A. or Texas, Stroman. The next best guy is Brandon Woodruff, and he can't even pitch until twenty twenty five. That's how bad it is. <laughs> Like you don't yeah, want to be out so in these streets, but you you are choosing to be. So either your choice is to pay a Boris client a hundred and fifty mm-hmm. mil or whatever it is that they were expecting to get, which is a massive overpay, mm-hmm. or make a trade for guys that's in their thirties, massive too. 
right for guys in their thirties, or make a trade with a major overpay for a guy that yeah he'll be a star, but you're giving you're you're hamstringing the last four years of work on your on your uh, yeah. prospect list. Yeah, and I get it. So. You don't play for the prospects. Like you're not playing to have the the number one farm system, but like these guys have basically been sold to us as like we're waiting for them. Like that's going to be a part of our next core with Casas and Bayo. Like these guys are the next wave. And then it's like, okay, well, if you send two of them out, let's say it's like you have to move uh, Anthony and Blaze even. It's like okay, well, um, now we're banking on Marcelo being like that guy, and Kyle Tio has to come up right like away right away and produce. Otherwise, it's like, oh, what the what what were we waiting for? Not only what were we waiting for, why did we waste the last four years? Exactly, yeah, you know, because we spent we we brought in Bloom to build the you know, with the promise of like, okay, well, we're building for the future kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you, and you, you didn't spend poof, because poof, it goes away. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden poof, it goes away. And it's like, well, now what? But the longer you wait, one of those two becomes true or the evil third option where they do nothing. And then it's an absolute dumpster fire for the next year. Yeah. It, so it's just, I feel in my heart of hearts, they're not gonna make a move for like a top line oh. guy. I like Unless the it's price. Like Bieber. And Bieber is like he's been working with the driveline people, which is always like a good sign. But still, like all of his stuff has faded since like he won Cy Young in twenty twenty. It's like, mm-hmm. and he's a one year deal, so it's just like you're doing this as like a cushion, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like you're just nope. better. You're better off sending. Like Michael Grove, the guy we were talking about earlier for Kenley, like that's if that's the move, fine. That's a controllable arm with upside. I I can I can live with that. I think that's where they're gonna end up getting like a younger guy with like four or five years of control, but like no track record in the MLB, and they're gonna hope that Bailey Breslow and Willard can turn them into a stud. Hmm. That's a, it's a it's a rough thing to be hoping for. Yeah, but I feel like it, it was in my heart, like the the dark part of my brain when they brought in Breslow. It was like, is this just an excuse to not pay for pitching and be like, oh well, we're gonna get like a guy who look what he did to the Cubs farm system, like they turned into like one of the best pitching uh, pipelines in terms of like stuff and velocity is like. Is that what they they want? Like they don't want to pay for any pitching, which goes well, into now we're like that, the manifestation of that. <laughs> yeah, and we're it's just like what we're saying. Like it's going to take time because you don't have those guys in your farm system yet. It's going to take. Luckily, this the MLB draft has like it's not super strong in terms of pitching, but there's like a lot of interesting names from like Wake Forest, particularly, who are probably going to be available. Um, like unless you're selling dudes for prospects, you're not gonna see like a big jump in pitcher and like the pitching talent in the system so mm-hmm. far. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on because we've been going for a bit. Um, mm-hmm. in the Athletic, 
Jen McCaffrey, Ken Rosenthal, they had a joint piece where they said that the Red Sox had been listening to calls on Masataka Yoshida, uh, as well as openly shopping Kenley. Kenley, we talked about maybe Dodgers, maybe, excuse me, Rangers, but Yoshida is the interesting one. And I think it was it was made clear by Spear, uh, like after that came out, that they're not shopping him, but they're not hanging up on on the calls. I think, obviously, if you get like a good deal, you you make the good deal like ten times out of ten. I think it'd be a mistake to trade him. Um. I know we've said that we we are very high on uh, year two Yoshida. Uh, no WBC to tire him out. No mm-hmm. uh, another year of getting acclimated to like the travel schedule and uh, and everything. Like I think he's going to have a much better season, and I you'd you know. be trading him pretty much just as a salary dump because. Oh yeah, and it would be it would cripple any chance you have of a Japanese player ever wanting to come here ever again. Yeah, like Roki um, uh, Sasaki is the is the next big name coming, and he's only the thing with him is he'd be leaving before posting, so he'd be treated like an international free agent. Meaning, like mm-hmm. there's only like a lot of pool of money you can spend on those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh so. In that case, it's like you have to sell him on like, yeah, here's a place where we can like where Japanese talent can grow and foster. Disregard yeah. the fact that we just traded like the best hitter uh, in Japan for pennies. We're good here. So, yeah, look, you come I here. mean, it's the problem for me, that whole report. Yes, it's a report worthy information but it's really just a nothing burger for me because mm-hmm. in the sense of business yeah you're gonna listen to um, calls on everyone you're gonna listen to everyone mm-hmm. and, but listening doesn't mean huh you know we might actually consider it no. whereas you know it's like we want what would you get what you know hypothetically who do you want for yoshida yeah and we're like well give me your best player you know, that's the thing. I that's feel like, also technically listening. <laughs> I think teams are probably calling like, uh, listen, we know that your financial situation's a mess. Like, we know you don't want to pay anyone. Like, we'll take them. We'll take that money. But, like, we're not going to give you anything. And I think I think there's a very good reason to believe that Yoshida has a good year. And I think teams know that as well. So they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll we'll take that the chance of him bouncing back, uh, and we won't have to give anything up because the Red Sox don't want to pay, what sixteen, seventeen mil for this guy. Yeah, and I'm sure I, on the other end, Brazil's like, yeah, we'll we'll do a trade. You give us like, oh, give us your hey, top Dodgers? pitching prospect. Hey, hey, Dodgers. Oh, you want Yoshida? Well, we want Yamamoto. So, <laughs> you yeah. know. What are, you gonna, what are we gonna do here? Are we gonna make a deal or what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Give us your top pitching prospects, and, and we'll, th- we'll consider it. Yeah. Like, I feel like, like, oh, oh, you don't want to? Oh, well, goodbye. Yeah, it's one of those like, where yeah, it's you like you listen to everything. Yeah, 
you can listen, but like uh, you, your stock's got to be blown off if you're going to make that deal because otherwise it's and, just a salary dump. And, and again, I, I did say I, – I said a little bit ago that like any trade with Kyle Teal is a non-starter. Ooh. Still listen because if – you know, if a if a team like the Yankees are like, well, hey, you know, look, Eric Cole might opt out after next year. Do you want to Cole's take that gamble? Opt- Aaron Judge is not staying, but man, we need catching help. <laughs> will you do Aaron Judge for Teal? It's like, yeah, yeah, we will. Actually, you know what? Hey, hey, hey that's a great deal. <laughs> we can live with Connor like, Wong for, for yeah, a yeah, while, dude, whatever. But like, uh, you know, I would even if if it was me as a GM, and obviously I'm not a GM, <gasps> I would listen on. I, I would listen to everyone. Yeah, you know, I don't know. care if they're the star player. I don't care. Uh, maybe I, I, it's, it's nothing against those guys, but I'm looking to improve the roster. And you know, if listen. a deal comes along where they want to trade, you know, Shohei for <laughs> for Devers and uh, and listen, you know, if the if the Giants called you and they said, hey, we need a shortstop help, give us Marcelo Meyer. Marcelo Meyer. We're going to give you Kyle Harrison, the best left-handed pitching prospect in baseball. You say, thank you. Send him our way. Hang up. Don't even yeah. don't even let them say, like, oh, actually, we'll, we'll, we want Marcelo and Nope. You said yes. Nope. Um, yeah. You like, listen you to everyone. The off- it's a- you do, and and most a majority of the time it's going to be a no for a lot of players. Yeah, because you know trades but, are oh trades are negotiations. It's like hey, we're yes. going to come in with we're going to come in with a low ball, and then if you wish to engage, you're going to come in with uh, a high ball <laughs> offer, and then we're going to if this is going to work, we're going to be somewhere in the middle. And sometimes like that low ball is just so insultingly low. You're like, yeah, no, thank you. And then you don't even yeah. counter. Yeah. But you're doing yourself a disservice by not listening. So, yeah, cool. They're listening to calls for Yoshida. They should be listening to calls. If they finished last place. They should be listening to mm-hmm. calls for everyone. Doesn't mean yeah. they're going to make any deals, but they should be listening to calls for everyone. Mm-hmm. I would love it if they do like a prospect for prospect trade and – and that's how they get some pitching. If like, mm. like I know the Giants, uh, I'll bring them up again. They've been saying like they need better defense, especially at shortstop. Now that Brandon Crawford, I don't think he's back. If they're like, mm-hmm. Sedan's going to start in AAA most likely, but we think that he can give us Gold Glove defense. Here's like our third best pitching prospect. Will mm-hmm. you do that? And it's like, yeah, I would. Yeah, well, yeah, All right. But yeah, especially Anyways. with like yeah, um, that was that's pretty much it. I know we we went on very long, but yeah, we somehow turned a week where the Red Sox did nothing but lose out on guys into nice. <laughs> into an hour and a ten minute long podcast. Mm-hmm. But you know that's the magic of uh, of views from the monster. Um, I also want to point out now. I said at the top of the show. That we were recording video, and I have looked, and I am not recording video. Sick. <laughs> so next week, we've Cut got video, out. I promise. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. That said, let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up the show. So um, mm-hmm. I just want to thank you for listening. Uh, if you liked it, 
you know, give us a shout out on on Twitter. We're active uh, at views views monster pod. Um, uh, you can check out this episode uh, on your favorite podcast platform. Also on YouTube, we're going to be starting to put these on YouTube. I was hoping to put this one up with video, but looks like I'm not going to do that yet. Oh, whoopsies! Um, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, so you can check us out there. Uh, if you liked it, just leave a leave a comment. You know, subscribe, leave a rating, um, review, whatever on your favorite podcast platform, and follow us. You know, it helps us out a lot. And give us a shout, give us a ring on on Twitter. You know, tweet us at what you think. Who, who would be of the best available player for the Red Sox to sign at this point? Let us know your thoughts on Twitter, mm-hmm. and if anyone tweets at us. I'll be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to drive up the interaction. Um, yeah, so, you know, and, yeah, I mean, look, we, we work hard on this throughout the week, and um, mm-hmm. Connor especially does a lot of work prepping uh, the, all the notes and compiling everything that happens throughout the week. And so we work hard on this, and, you know, we try and make it fun. So I hope that you uh, you think the same way. And we'll uh, we'll catch you. On the next episode, we'll see you on the real, flip side. Real quick before that prediction, uh, oh. I still yeah, I still think Kenley's getting traded. I I, I mm. think it's going to be this week, and if it's not this week, it's the next week. I I said that uh, one of the Boris clients last week was going to make a deal. I was very wrong. Um, I honestly, at this point, I don't know. I don't think that the Sox are going to do anything. They're going to make. They're going to get like a, a Cutter Crawford type arm, like Ooh, a Tanner Howe type arm. Like, and I don't mean that because like everyone's been high on. Not to prolong this, but everyone's been high on Cutter Crawford. I don't. I mean like that. I mean like someone with like four years left in their upper twenties. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, cool. goodbye. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see you on the next one. <laughs> If you made it this far, you got that nugget, but goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>